Hey there, it's Seb Fry, the Real Estate Guy, here again with another episode, if you will, of the Real Santa Cruz podcast. This is the audio extraction of a Google Hangout, the first Google Hangout I've ever actually hosted uh, with Jerry Bolfin of the cleanwaterstore.com uh, here in Santa Cruz. Jerry's been a water purification expert in Santa Cruz County for, geez, well over 20 years, um, and he knows quite a bit about water purification and water conservation. Uh, I was actually surprised how much I learned from this episode, and I hope that uh, you will learn a lot, too. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hey, I'm Seb Fry. I'm with Realty World Virtuoso here in Aptos, California. And today uh, we're doing a Google Hangout to talk about uh, water quality uh, issues and uh, water conservation for the homeowner. And on the line here we have an expert in water quality uh, and uh, conservation. His name is Jerry Bolfin. He's with cleanwaterstore.com. Uh, and he knows everything there is to know about uh, water quality and conservation. So, Jerry, hey, thanks for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. All right. So, Jerry, now I know we have a lot of things we can talk about here today. Uh, but, uh, you know, even though it's raining cats and dogs, finally, it's been a long time, uh, you know, water conservation is an issue for everybody in our area here in Santa Cruz County. So um, what are some things that, uh, that homeowners can be doing to improve their water uh, conservation around the home? Well, the first thing they should do is an audit, try to find out how much water they're using. A lot of people are unaware of how much water they actually use. So the first place to start is with your water bill, which a lot of people you know, do anyway. But good idea, check your water bill, see what you're using, and then you know, be, become aware of what you're actually doing with your water. The biggest, a lot of the biggest uh, wasters of water is leaving the faucet running or a, a, a leaky toilet. A lot of people have toilets that are running, they don't realize and these are a lot of common things we've heard about time and time again, but now that it's a drought, it's a good time to do a quick audit. And uh, if you have kids, talk to your kids. Make sure they're aware not to leave the water tap running. Just by doing some very basic common sense without installing any conservation equipment, you can often cut your water bill by up a third easily. Now, interesting. Now, what is an, uh, like, how many gallons is considered to be efficient? Like, let's just say I have a four-person household. How many gallons do you think that uh, we should be using per day if we're going to be efficient? Well, the, it's often um, said that the average American uses somewhere around 50 to 80 gallons per person per day. But that's a very unusual high figure in the world. Generally, often people use 10 to 20, 30 gallons a day. So wow. it's easily to, it's, we could easily, with by putting in a low-flow shower head and being aware of what our water use is, we could easily cut our water bill, our water use to somewhere in the area of 40 to 50 gallons per person per day. Without you know, anything over that, would be considered some pretty wasty. Wow, that's uh, pretty amazing. I had no idea that Americans use so much more water than everybody else in the world. Do you have any idea why that is? Well, there's there's quite a few reasons. One is our washing machines are bigger. We wash clothes more frequently, and we we um, you know of course. Everybody takes showers and baths every day, which is good. But um, <laughs> I want to encourage that. But it's also it's we kind of grew up in a culture of abundance. You know, we we don't really the the, the cost of water is artificially cheap. It's not not a huge part of our budget. We don't really think about it much. So a lot of people just don't, aren't aware of it. In the world, the, the people are much more conscious of how much water is being used. So that that could be one reason. Yeah, the, uh, the scarcity mentality, I think, is, uh, at least when it comes to water, is something that we, I think, are going to be really hearing a lot more of, at least out here in California, right? I mean, like, it is a semi-arid place, after all. There really isn't that much water 
That's right. And um, you know, in Santa Cruz County, we get all our water domestically. I believe is this right, Jerry? That we are the only um, county in California that gets all its water domestically. I believe all the water. Yes, all the water in in Santa Cruz County comes from Santa Cruz County. That's true. Yeah, and, and like most like like San Francisco, they get their water from Hetch Hetchy, right? Which is like you know, mm-hmm. off the way or whatever, right? Well, right. So you know, we're, we have to be very careful. Um, you know, the like, give you an example. Our family, just by putting a buck, a five-gallon bucket in the shower, we started capturing our shower water and use that to flush the toilets. We're able to cut our water use by about 10%. Interesting. And, just by doing yeah. that, huh? And we, we use a lot. Of, we reuse a lot of the water, put bowls in the sinks. A lot of people aren't going to do that, but we just tried to figure out how much water can we save and – we ended up cutting our water bill by half. We used to we used to pay, spend somewhere around fifty dollars a month. Now we're spending about twenty four dollars per month. Wow, that is uh, that is pretty great indeed. So um, let me ask you this: What about uh, rain barrels these days? I know those are very popular. A lot of people are going to rain barrels. Very popular. Yes, we have many customers of ours and clients that are, that use the rain water not only for primarily for irrigation, but some people actually do use it as their sole source of water particularly in Texas and some other areas where they have a severe shortage or if they live off the grid, a lot of people will catch their rainwater. But, um, but just, just for a simple um, technique, it's just to, you run the gutter into barrels and then you can use that water for, for your garden. Then you don't have to treat it. You don't have to filter it or disinfect it. It's just garden water. That's the primary use of, uh, of, of water, of the rainwater. Yeah. And um, so where do you actually get these rain barrels? You know, I've never really seen them for sale anywhere. Do you get them on Amazon or how much do they cost? And how much does it usually cost to have them like installed in your house? Is that something you do by yourself or are there? Yeah, well, it depends, on how, it depends on how elaborate you want to do it or how, how much you want to depend on it. But in Santa Cruz County, there's a rain bell program where you can get it right through the county. They ran out this year, but they're going to do it again where they, they give free rain barrels out. And they then free. Did you say free? That's what I understand. There were free rain barrels given out, or maybe they were very low cost. I don't know. I missed it myself. I didn't get one. But the, you can get them for, you know, a lot of, a lot of you, go, you go online, a lot of storage tank sites have them. They're, they're pretty reasonably priced. You get 55 to 100-gallon uh, poly tanks. You can just very easily rot your gutter from your roof into that. Right, right. All right, now that's something that, not something that I could do because I'm not really mechanically inclined. But my neighbor, uh, right next door, he has rain barrels. He has uh, probably about four or five of them. Uh, and I know he collects rain water in the winter and uh, he uses a lot of that uh, during the summer. Yes. So, um, listen, you know, I have a water softener and I hear that thing going off uh, in the middle of the night, uh, you know, once a week or so. How much water is my water softener using? Well, it depends on the model, but, but water softeners can use anywhere from 75 to 150 gallons of water each time they regenerate. And that, that's another um, topic or area that we're working a lot with a lot of our customers in the drought-stricken areas is that they can take a look at their water treatment equipment and make sure that it's set correctly. Because a lot of times people set the, set the they program the water softener to regenerate more frequently than it needs to. You, you might you might be able to reduce it by 30%, same on your water use that way, for, through your water softener. In other words, say it's set to regenerate every 1,500 gallons, you could turn it down to every 1,200 gallons and, you know, save water. Next time I come over, I'll take a look at it. 
Okay, but so now if I do that, though, does that mean I'm going to have, like, harder water, like, at the end of the cycle? Or yes, that's right. So you can't – that's right. You can't do it too much. You have to you, – You it basically involves some, you know, investigation to figure out. You know, you wouldn't want to go too far so you'd have hard water. But what I'm seeing is a lot of them are set too liberally. They don't need to regenerate so frequently. But, if okay. you, but yeah, if you do need it, you need it. You know, what can you do? You know? Okay. Now, uh, are there any alternatives to uh, these old-fashioned? I mean, my my water supplement is probably only you know ten years old, but I'm guessing that there might be some newer technology out there that's more water efficient than a traditional water softener. Is there anything else that we, we can do? Or yes, there is. The, there there is new technology now out that um, there there are scale. Uh, conditioners that will treat your water without using any water at all. They don't use any salt or water. They don't actually soften the water where the calcium is removed, uh, but they they transform the calcium scale in the water, the minerals, so that it can't build up on any of the pipes and fixtures. Uh, it depends on how hard the water is, um, but if the water is, mod- is, is hard, moderately hard to you know, to less hard than those scale watcher things work really great. If you have severely hard water, um, say over 25 grains per gallon, then some people still prefer to stick with a water softener. So it really varies, depends on the the, um, the, the, the area. But most Americans could switch to this new technology. And uh, then they basically, you don't have to add salt. You doesn't use any water. And the water is tastes better. And it's um, you don't have to add any salt or any sodium in your water, so that, that saves a lot of water. Some some a lot of people are switching to those. Well, it probably also saves a lot of salt too. And uh, people are worried That's about right. dumping, all the salt salt. The, dumping all the salt into the dumping all the into the uh, ecosystem. I guess I guess that's, that's right. concerning for some people too. So yeah. um, now, how much do these systems cost? Like, if I want to get rid of my because like I'm on SoCal Creek Water District, which I know you're familiar with the water out there. Um, it's not anywhere near 25 grains, right? It's probably more like, you know. No, we have many, many customers switching in, the, in that area, and they're actually the um, the folks at the SoCal Creek Water District did look at these systems, and, you know, they they partially recommended them. They didn't endorse them, but they, but they you know, they looked into the technology. And essentially, it runs between six and $900. It's about the price of a water softener. It's not thousands of dollars or anything. Sure, and they and they're and they're very extremely effective. Yeah. Okay, great. And um, so now that's just to buy it though. But in terms of like repiping my water software, do I have to like repipe it or or no? Is it just like slide right into the existing uh, loop for the water softener? Yeah, it slides into the existing loop, but there's no drain. It doesn't require any wastewater. And so there's no backwash or anything like there's that. No. Nope. So so what do you do? You just like replace the insides of it? Periodically, the, uh, yes. the uh, about every five years, the the material inside needs to be replaced at a cost of about three hundred dollars. So it's not maintenance free, but it's pretty easy to do, and it's uh, much cheaper than salt over the period. Right. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Now, so um, that's a great thing to uh, to look into. I will have to look into that. Um, and you have those at cleanwaterstore.com, I assume. Yes, we do. They're called the scale stopper. The scale stopper. Okay, yeah, all right. The scale stopper, yeah. They ship them all over the world. They're very, people are very happy with them. Okay, great. Well, I, should, I should check into that. So, listen, I also have a uh, reverse osmosis system. I know those are pretty popular around town. Um, now, I'm not sure, but I think I hear mine gurgling away sometimes. Is that water being wasted, or what's going on when I hear that happening? Yes, it's true. Because of the 
Because a lot of people, when they get water softeners, because it does increase the sodium in the water, they, they want to put a reverse osmosis system in, which will take out the sodium, purify the water. Um, so for every gallon of pure water you get, you waste about three to four gallons of water. So the reverse osmosis systems do use some water. So we get water you hear gurgling, it's going down the drain as wastewater. That's carrying away the salty water. What you can do is you can actually run the tube, the wastewater tube, some, the little polytubing from there, drill a hole out the wall and run it out to your bushes and run it outside to reuse that water, repurpose that water for irrigation. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. All right, great. Now, um, um, what else can we learn about uh, reducing our water usage in the home? I mean, we can look at getting a, a, a high-efficiency uh, washer. I mean, I, I have a high-efficiency washer. Is that Are there, like, super high-efficiency washers right now, or, or what's... What else is out there? Yeah, high efficiency washer is good. Um, the probably the biggest thing is if you have an old toilet. The toilets, because people flush, especially the children, they flush a lot of water down the toilet. So by upgrading your toilets, those are really save a lot of water. The new toilets use a fraction of the water as the old ones do, and they are much more effective now than they used to be. They, one flush does it. So yeah, the new ones use air. And so it's flushing with air and water, just it's a very powerful flush, and that's um, that's highly recommended. That's where I start. The second place to look is your shower heads, low flow shower heads. That saves a lot of water too. So uh, let's back up here to the toilets. So they use they use air somehow. When they, when they use like the 1.3 gallon per flush now, because like yes, like 1.6, but now they have 1.3. How do they use air? Do you like put an air cartridge in there, or how does it work? What happens is is that when the, there's a tank. A little air tank in the in the flush box behind the toilet, and when water goes in there, it sucks in air. It's a venturi that draws in air, and it creates compressed air in there. So when you're flushing, you don't need a huge force of water. You're actually using the compressed air to blast that water down the toilet. <laughs> wow, that actually is pretty cool. I had no idea. So yeah, how much do those cost? And they bring the toilets like one twenty-five. How much is one of these? Uh these 1.3. They are several hundred dollars, three to five hundred dollars, but the thing is that you can get tax credits and off of like Santa Cruz County, they have a, a rebate program for that as well. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Wow. We're doing all kinds of stuff here today. Okay, so um, now that's uh, something for uh, for most anybody would want to know that. I think really wherever you live, not even Santa Cruz County, but, but anywhere. Um, now, but Jerry, uh, I know that you are an expert, and I don't use that term lightly. You're an expert on well water. Is that correct? Yes, most of our customers are on well. We're specialists. Right. So um, let's see here. You know, um, so I'm a realtor, right? So uh, you know, I sell houses to people with wells, and and they don't, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do a water test and we'll do a flow test and we'll have someone look at the equipment, right? But um, you know, a lot of times people are going from city water to well water. They don't know what's involved in living on a house with a well. So, um, you know, what can you tell us about moving into a house with a, with a well? What are the first things that uh, people should be asking themselves when they're looking at buying a house that actually has a well on it? One of the first things they should do is make sure they get an accurate water analysis. They should, uh, most areas have a lab that's, that, that they can talk to. They should talk to the county health department. Oftentimes a real, realtor will know and recommend a lab. They should get a general mineral analysis and a bacteria test done and actually know exactly what's in the water. And secondly, they should usually have a well inspection done. So oftentimes banks or other um, 
uh, will require if there's a, a mortgage involved. But a well inspection is where a well pump or a well driller will come out and do an inspection of the well, test how many gallons per minute it can produce, and then make sure it's 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 in good shape. Because there's a few things that they can look at just to, so there's no surprises. You know, the well could be old. There could be a cracked seal, sanitary seal. The pump could be old, where uh, it could be very expensive repairs if people move in right away. But it's good to know what's going on with your well. Um, those are the main things, water analysis and a well inspection. So now, what should be uh, looked for specifically? I mean, uh, there's like a lot of stuff you can be checking for. Is there some things you want to look out for in particular? Or? Right, well, there are quite a few things. There's a, um, uh, there's, there's the actual depth of the well, the age of the well, the um, how many gallons per minute the well produces, um, the location of the well, for instance. Say the well is in, is at the bottom of a hill where there's um, a stable or uh, some other rural like animal at, above it. it could, during a flood or a heavy rain, you could get that water flooding the well, something you, you wouldn't want. So, um, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's many things. There's a checklist that they can use, but usually the, um, the well driller will, or the well, their well pump contractor will have records. That's the other thing is a lot of times the, usually there's a lot of records already existing on the well. Oftentimes the seller will, will have those and you can see when the well was drilled, when it was last serviced, how old the pump is and you know get information that way a lot of people moving to the to a, a rural property they've they've lived in the city they've never considered well water before just water turns turn on the tap there it is so i know we have many customers contacting us that are really surprised to realize that they have to put in some kind of treatment system for instance maybe the the water stains ruins their clothes or has a bad odor you know that kind of thing so it's good to, good to do your homework now, you mentioned there's a checklist. Like, what, what checklist is this? Like, a checklist of things that you should know before you, uh, you know, uh, or while you are evaluating a well system? Or what, what checklist is that? Yes, the, um, it's uh, the, we, you know, we're members of the um, uh, National Groundwater Association. And the National Groundwater Association, uh, I believe it's wellowner.org. That's a good site to, to uh, reference. Wellowner.org has a good checklist of uh, of what to do when you're when you're looking at a rural property and new to wells. Um, I don't know that either. You can email us too for the checklist if they want. We we have such checklists as well. Okay, what what's your email address? So our email is info at cleanwaterstore.com. Okay, and now you also mentioned the age of the well. So uh, why is that important? Well, many wells are actually quite old and still working fine, but some wells are, say, over 30 years old. They have an improperly installed seal, so it's easy for water to leak from the surface down into the well. So if it is heavy rain, they can, they can encounter a situation where the water quality changes. They have bacteria. That's one example. Um, generally, during heavy rain events, the well water shouldn't change quality because it's groundwater. You're pulling from a lower source, it takes some time. So if your water were to change dramatically during a rainy day, then you've got problems because then that means that the water's leaking from the top down into the ground. So 
Uh, the other age is that if, if the pump has been in there for like 15, 20 years, then you figure you're going to have to buy a well pump soon. That could easily set you back $1,200, you know, for the, or more to, for a well contractor to come in and pull the well pump out and install a new pump. So also the pipes that lead in and out of there could be aging and corroded. So there's gotcha. quite a few things. Yeah. So that sanitary seal, that's only been around for 30 years? They've only been doing sanitary seals for 30 years? Um, not necessarily, but the, but the a lot of wells were installed with different techniques and different, um, there, there were certain requirements that just came up in the last, say, 30, 35 years where they, they, they became more mandatory. So but we certainly do see a lot of wells in the Santa Cruz County area without sanitary seals. You do run into it. Okay, so now um, how can you determine um, if the private well is going to produce enough water uh, for your household? I mean, like, let's say you go there, you get a report, and it says it produces, you know, five gallons a minute. Is that enough, or, or what's, what's, what's considered yeah. enough? Generally, they do. That, that would be a pretty minimal amount, but that is acceptable. Um, Anything less than five gallon a minute is pretty pretty hard, pretty small for a family. Some wells that do produce say two gallons a minute, then at that point they they require a storage tank be installed. So the the water would flow into a storage tank and then they would accumulate over the day and provide enough water for the family. Yeah, so. you know, I'm glad you mentioned that storage tank. So. Um, so you know, a lot of places that have like 12, 20 gallons a minute, they'll have storage tanks too. What's the I mean, aside from fire prevention, is there any reason why you want to have a storage tank? And do you need to do anything with your storage tank in order to keep the water clean inside the storage tank? Or, or what can you tell us about that? Yeah. Storage tanks are have a lot of advantages. Um, there is the true about fire production, but you never know when your well pump could go out. So it's really great to have a storage tank to have stored water on hand. Um, Unless the water is really poor quality or has bacteria in it, generally a night a, a well, a, a, you know, a new storage tank with a, a tight-fitting lid, they won't become contaminated. It's pretty, it's very unusual. So you don't have to do anything really to the storage tank. Um, uh, people do sometimes add different types of systems, such as chlorinators or ozone systems, to keep the storage tank disinfected if they have odor or iron problems or bacteria problems. But for most people that have just good, hard well water, it's, you don't have to do anything. You know, the storage tanks should be cleaned periodically, at least every few years, drained and cleaned and inspected. But it's not something you have to deal with on a monthly basis or anything. Yeah, you know, so I see that uh, I see that a lot. I see where people have like, a, you know, I don't see, I can't tell you the last time I saw a chlorinator out there in the field, but I, I do see a lot of ozone drips going into storage tanks. So is chlorine pretty much gone now and everyone's just using uh, ozone all over the place or you do see a lot of ozone systems in santa cruz county but generally in the world at large the chlorinators are more common but the okay. uh, they're, they're a lot cheaper and it just depends on what the situation is people put in ozone, ozone systems for dealing with iron or odor and um, the, you can use chlorine or ozone if you use chlorine then you need to have a, a filtration system to remove the chlorine. Usually, people don't want to bathe or drink the chlorinated water. But, um, but yeah, it just depends on the application situation. Um, once you know the water chemistry, then a water treatment professional, member of the Water Quality Association like we are, can definitely um, rec make a recommendation on which way to go. There's many things to consider, you know, as far as water quality and water treatment goes. 
Right. So, so um, you know, I'm just kind of curious. So the ozone just drops into the tank, and like, it causes the uh, the iron and the manganese too comes out of there, or is it just what what does what does the ozone do? The ozone is like chlorine or also aeration. What it does is that it it oxidizes the iron and manganese in the water. So the water coming out of the ground, for instance, would be um, the, the iron may be dissolved in the water. It may look really clear. But once it gets exposed to air or it, or ozone is much faster and more rapid oxidation than air alone or oxygen alone. So, you know, then it, then it turns to rust. And then once it rusts, particle, then that can be filtered out. If, if you let the water sit in the tank long enough, it will settle, but it doesn't really settle in the tank. You know? Okay, so the ozone takes out the uh, iron, manganese, and uh, organic contaminants like uh, E. coli and cholera. Is that what it does? Not as well. It depends on the ozone system. Most of the ozone systems that you see around that are dropped in the tank, those are not effective on coliform or bacteria. They, they're it's not a proved way to treat. If you really had E. coli, you wouldn't want one to depend on that because you need a certain amount of ozone in a small space with a certain amount of time. So it's very easy for water to pour into the tank that's contaminated and go out the pipe the other way before it's been treated. Those ozone systems are generally more for taste or odors or iron, and they run 24 hours a day, and they put out very low levels of ozone. So they're not really for disinfection, um, um, but you can use ozone. It is a very powerful disinfectant, so it is possible to use ozone, but it requires something different than in a big storage tank. So uh, then, basically, if you know you have, uh, like, um, like you, let's say you have a well that is contaminated because you don't have a sanitary seal or whatever, you're going to want to have it disinfected before it goes into the uh, storage tank. Is that, is that correct? You That's line? true. That's true. Usually they will line the well. If, they, if, you ha- if your well ha- is really old and hasn't been upgraded, then oftentimes the well contractor or driller will go ahead and line that well and seal it for you. It's not hard to do. So that's, it's important to protect the source first before you do any kind of treatment. In other words, you want to try to figure out, if you have coliform E. coli, what is the source of the contamination? You should deal with that first, not just treat it and cover it up. You know what I mean? It's better if, you, if you're able to, to actually protect your well and seal it off that's first. But, yeah, having said that, there are, you know, you can treat the water. You can treat it with ozone or chlorine as it goes into the storage tank. Also, we have ultraviolet light is very popular where people will use the water in the storage tank for irrigation and uh, before it goes into the house, they'll run it through an ultraviolet light sterilizer, kills everything. So that's another way to go with it. So um, also you know, with, um, with this drought that we've been having, we've been hearing a lot of problems with people's uh, water quality getting worse. Uh, because, um, you know, I don't know why. Well, why Why does the water quality get worse when there's a drought, and um, what do what can people do about that to protect themselves? Yes, in many areas, the water table is dropping, and as it drops, the water contaminants can increase, and the water quality is just gets worse, more iron, more sediment. So it does have <clears throat> fairies, you know, but... Um, um, there's not much can be done. I mean, that you know, the, for instance, this storm that we're having now uh, is a pretty heavy storm, but they said it might take 15 of these storms just to make a dent in the drought. So uh, to think about it, we, we're a long way. Out of the, the groundwater is really depleted, you know, so it'll take a while. 
So, right. so uh, if you if you are experiencing a lower water quality in your well uh, because of the drought, uh, what do you do? Do you just drill a deeper well, or or, or do you look at upgrading your water filtration system, or what do you see are doing? That's right. A lot of a lot of like uh, agricultural applications, or also some people on homes that they're really low in water. That's correct. They will drill deeper. Yes, that's right. It depends on the area. The well driller, local well drillers know, but some areas have an aquifer that's lower they can, you know, access, and then sometimes they don't. So, but you can put in storage. You can also cut back on the amount of water you're using for landscaping and irrigation. Um, we didn't talk about it, but here in California, a lot of people putting in xeriscape, um, which is, you know, basically native plants use very little water. And once they're established, they don't use any water, you know, hardly. So there is ways you can cut back the landscaping. Usually it's the biggest user of water, you know, in a home if they, if they have irrigation. So uh, they can put in a storage tank or, yeah, that's right, they might have to drill deeper. That can be quite expensive, and there's no guarantee that it'll work. Okay. Now, you know, you mentioned about the you filling the buckets up from your shower water. Now, what about like uh, more like gray water systems and using that for uh, irrigation? I know a lot of people in Santa Cruz have used gray water for years, but they just dump it out and don't actually use it. As, as the county, do you know, have they uh, approved any kind of like gray water for landscaping kind of uh, uh, permitting process or anything like that? They're getting a little bit more. Uh, there are There has changed, but... You're still, they still don't want you to use gray water that you bathed or showered in uh, uh, for, to like run it through hose bibs or have it be available for garden hose. You have to be very careful. It's, it's supposed to be treated. Uh, we recently participated in a, a rainwater project, not even gray water, and the county required UV disinfection for that, even though it's just being used for the toilets. So, uh, it's a little you have to be a little careful with gray water you know because there's a potential for bacterial spread disease and bacteria um it is possible to sanitize it though there's a lot of new technologies coming out <clears throat> for instance um you can use your washing machine water and repurpose that for gray water by using ozone and stay in the laundry instead of soap so there's there's a lot of a lot of people are switching to uh, ozone generators that that ozonate the water as it flows into the washing machine and then you can use just a tiny bit of natural soap, and then you don't have any chemicals and any detergent, and the water is disinfected, and you can just run that water right out to the garden. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So we're actually maybe going to move to a future where you can actually modify your plumbing in your house and like put on a little um, little miniature treatment plant for your non-sewer water and use yes. that for landscaping. Is that, is that what's going to happen here pretty soon? Yes, or? that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and, and Santa Cruz County is actually like looking into that, and they're they're getting they're getting hit to that, huh? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's more and more um, discussion of it. Um, you know, there's still there's some you know codes involved, and you know they don't want people using the gray water directly yet, but it varies by state as well. Some states are more relaxed about it than others, but um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely evolving. All right. Well, that's, that's really cool. I'm going to have to uh, keep an eye on that. Now, if, is this kind of stuff, like we're, what we're talking about here with the newer technologies and stuff like that, do you have stuff like that on your website so people can go and, like, see what's out there for, you know, gray water or this uh, – was the name of that uh, water softener? The, 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 the scale stopper. 
Yes, we do, Sebastian. Yes, we do. Right on our site, cleanwaterstore.com. We have many of these technologies available, and um, we have many hundreds of customers using our systems on rainwater all over the all over the country and. All right, well, I'm going to have to go and spend some more time on your website. And uh, listen, Jerry, I really appreciate uh, all the time that you've been able to share with us today. I, I know you're very busy. Um, so uh, thank you very much. And is there anything else you want to you want to tell our, our viewers here and our listeners before we uh, sign off? Uh, well, just, you know, enjoy your water. We, we, <laughs> you, know, you don't know the worth of water till the well runs dry, right? <laughs> That's right. Enjoy your water. So appreciate that, that water. Well, Sebastian, thank you for for the put for uh, being here too. All right, Jerry. Listen, this was fun, and uh, maybe we can do it again uh, sometime down the road. Okay. All righty. Thanks, Jerry. Okay. Bye. Bye.